Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. You know that fresh produce is the best produce. That's why at Kroger, we invest in local farmers to bring you seasonal picks that taste fresh from the farm good, like sweet corn, refreshing watermelon, and juicy peaches. So whether you're a delivery lover, a picker-upper, or you shop in-store, your local produce always tastes 100% fresh, or you get a 100% refund guaranteed. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a brand new episode of The Wrap right here on the Fight Game Media Network. Happy Sunday morning to you all as we review an absolutely unforgettable backlash pay-per-view of PLE going down live from San Juan, Puerto Rico. I'm Keela Cash, and by my side, as always, is my co-captain, my right hand, the sometimes advocate for the now main roster-bound Von Wagner. I bring to you, as always, at least once a month after every premium live event, he's back. And perkier than ever, I bring to you Perky Scott Young. Welcome back, Perky. Thank you, Keela. Normally, it's always a pleasure to chop it up and talk all things WWE. But from this, well, it's been like this for a little bit, but from this show and for the foreseeable future, we have beef. You know, you and me, we got beef. We can, I, I am professional though. You know, I can, I can definitely keep the work environment and keep it professional, but we absolutely have beef. So it is not a pleasure to chop it up and talk all things WWE, but I'm here to do my job. You know, I wanted this since the beginning of the NBA regular season. The beef. You and the boss, you and the boss wanted it. <laughs> I just wanted to keep things peaceful. I, I wanted to avoid this at all possible costs and all I keep saying from everybody, oh, we want it. This is what we want. Well, you got it. You got it. I wanted it. I got it. I'm happy about it. This is what it builds to at least once a year. Warriors and Lakers in the NBA playoffs. A dream come true. Listen, we agonized for months. We were in the playing situation together. We were at the bottom. True we that. climbed true our that. way up. We were struggling to get to 500 for half the season. We made it to the other side. 
And look where we are. We are beefing for the next couple of weeks. And the series is what? One, two, one one Lakers. Congratulations for now. Listen, I'm going to say this. To your point, you know, it's into the Lakers and the Warriors credit. We were both struggling at first to just get, get right, be good. And now I would argue that both of our teams have a legitimate shot to win a title. That is a very good point. Now, I'm very intrigued by the Nuggets and Phoenix series, how Phoenix is going to bounce back to maybe tie this thing up tomorrow night, Monday by the time the show drops. 2-2, I would love to see it, but it is a wide open race for the West right now, and either one of our teams could legit be in the finals, and I expect the bounce back by the Warriors when they next play early next week. But congrats to you. You got your win back. We beat your asses on Thursday. You got your win back tonight. Get your victory lap in at the Staples Center. Yes, I acknowledge that name and that name only, but good for you. Golf claps all around. I'll take the golf claps. I will take the 2-1 victory. Uh, as I told you off air, Keela, you are my 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 Lakers good luck charm because every time we record, the Lakers win. So looking forward to recording a lot. You know what? I might even have to hop on a GH space with you just so we can be in the same <laughs> recording area and get that good vibe going. Not you trying to get the spring of love over here for you. Oh, come on. Listen, I'm trying to, It's the whatever it is, we got the good juju and the Lakers win. So whatever it takes, if you don't have no session going on while Lakers game going, because I'm jumping in, I'm just letting you know. <laughs> you know what? For the people, we need to make this happen one week. I want you to join my world for a <laughs> sessions for at least a day with my co-host, Jasmine. My two people, my two co-captains together, coexisting, Scott Young, traveling to GH and embracing all things Sprina for a day. I need this. Listen, I, I, I will give you this. You, t- I, I will come on the show. Let me get two weeks worth of TV to watch. Just two weeks, you know, and and see what's going on. I, I'll, I'll jump on. I will absolutely come into the world of Sprina and oh the GH God. universe. Oh my God! So we are planning this on the air as we speak. Scott Young will be entering the Sprina verse imminently. I am excited beyond words it it's almost making me forget that we have a show to do and the fact that the warriors lost and we still have beef but that's okay (laughs) (laughs) giving you two weeks worth of gh to watch my life come on we need this for the people out there you just let me know when you want me to come on and i will watch for two weeks and i'll be ready I will give you notice. <laughs> I will give you notice. I swear we must make this happen. A special session is just for our listeners out there. And I will advertise it. I will cross promote. This will be the cross promotional event of the year. I swear. Really. I'm here for it. I love it. So we're pre-planning a show for the future. Dear listeners out there. We'll let you know how it goes. But yes, we spent five minutes talking about the NBA playoffs in General Hospital, shouting out my favorite ship. What's up, Sprina? What's up, my peeps? We love you all. But let's talk about 
backlash going down last night from San Juan, Puerto Rico. And Scott, we had the show go down on SmackDown the night before, and we got a sneak peek of how hot this crowd was going to be. They were absolutely hype on Friday, and my God, were they incredible on Saturday. We need WWE to travel to Puerto Rico more often because it felt like a special show, and these fans gave it their all in terms of energy, passion, and enthusiasm. I'm going to be honest with you. I don't see another crowd being this rowdy and raucous. Um, I mean, the, the the Money in the Bank crowd has a good opportunity. The SummerSlam crowd is going to be loud. But this, it just felt different. The energy just felt special. Like you, everything about this just, it just felt like a big deal. And honestly, this came off without a hitch, in my opinion. I don't, there wasn't a bad match on the card. Um, everything delivered. I thought the, I thought Bad Bunny, the, the star promotion of this entire thing, over delivered, in my opinion. So, I, I think this was a special night, lightning in a bottle. Um, WWE has really found something, taking their PLEs overseas. Like, I don't know what they waited so long for. I guess we just had to get the old guy out the chair. But I mean, this is this is something that needs to happen yearly. I think they've earned a yearly spot. And if it wants to be backlash, let it be backlash because this can become a important PLE just based off of where it is in that hot crowd. Make it a tradition. I totally agree with you. Make it a tradition for this to be the go-to show for Puerto Rico every springtime, every May. Let's do backlash to San Juan because it was truly a special atmosphere last night. And it made this show so much better because I know there was a little bit of some mm, about the show heading into last night. But in terms of that crowd being up for damn near everything in the card in some ways over delivering. I thought this was one of the better shows of the year from WWE outside of, of course, WrestleMania last month, which was a one-two punch in of itself. You know, one thing I, I, I talk about on the show all the time is how a crowd can elevate or, you know, can, can lower a match to me. And I think this crowd elevated literally every single match. Uh, even, you know, a good match became a great match because of this crowd and just how hot they were, man. This this was very enjoyable. Even just just listening to the crowd and the chants, and I, I thoroughly enjoyed myself and kept that same energy throughout the show. Listen, I was living for the pinfalls, uno, dos, tres. I absolutely loved it too. Just such a fun show. This is why I love professional wrestling so much because I feed off of crowd energy, whether I'm in the crowd or watching from home. A hot crowd will make a show better just like that. And they did so last night in San Juan. The crowd was easily the MVP from last night's show. As we take a deep dive into the event going down live on Peacock, can we kick things off with Bianca Belair, the now longest reigning women's champion of the modern era. She'll be the new SmackDown women's champion when they swap the belts, hopefully this week, as she faces off against Io Sky from Damage Control for the Raw Women's Championship. Both ladies get a great ovation. But the story of this match, Scott, is the fact that these fans loved, and I mean loved in all caps, EO Sky. This was her moment. This was the most over she's ever been on the main roster. She hasn't gotten this reception since her glory days 
on NXT several years ago when they were packing out and selling out takeover events in Chicago and in New York. This crowd absolutely loved her. And Bianca Belair, who is a babyface through and through, she felt that crowd turning against her and she didn't run from it. She embraced it and she didn't really feel some kind of way. She embraced the role of being the heel in the moment, but they delivered to me one of the better women's matches this year from WWE. They clicked. I loved EO Sky going after the left shoulder of Bianca Belair to prevent the power moves early on and Bianca Belair selling and trying to get back in the match. But the high spot for me early on was Bianca Belair lifting EO Sky with that one good arm and then flexing the bad arm and delivering a military press and slamming EO Sky face first on the mat. That was absolutely sick. That, this is this is a great match. Um, started a little slow for me. Started, you know, I thought Bianca looked a little, to me, I thought she looked a little caught off guard by the reaction. And let me tell you, as someone who has proclaimed her as one of the best baby faces in wrestling, I was a little caught off guard by it. You know, there's just there was there was booze. This is this is probably the first time I think Bianca has really experienced a crowd legitimately turning on her, not going fifty fifty with her. You know, when she's in there with a big star like a Becky Lynch or somebody like that, but completely kind of turning on her. And it was purely off of the love they had for EO Sky. And I, I, I love that about this match. Even when Damage Control came out, it wasn't they weren't upset about it. They were here for EO Sky. Um, and I thought I thought her her moveset anyway is all babyface. Just the high flying, her springboard drop kick is so gorgeous to watch, especially when she comes off that second rope. Um, Scott E. Wrestling uh, from our from Fight Game Media does the Joshi, she's the five star um, show. He said something on Twitter he, um, about this is probably what the SmackDown main event scene is going to look like with the ladies pretty much carrying it because Roman's not going to be there every week. You know, eventually he's going to lose that title, but. This is going to be it. I see Bianca kind of carrying the load and EO Sky being that number two babyface going forward on that brand as she should. So I, I thought this was a great coming out party for um, the finish kind of plays into it a little bit. I thought they could have did a better job of, you know, the finish as far as what they were going for, at least to me. But I thought the match was excellent. Bianca did a good job selling the arm. I thought this is one of her better jobs of selling as far as uh, consistently throughout the match with the limb. Every time she went to it, she you know she sold it. Especially like that, you talk about the one arm press slam. Her kind of holding it, and because normally she does that, she's got the smile, she's flexing. Her doing that, it it made perfect sense. So uh, really good match. Don't think it was quite as good as uh, uh, Rhea, Charlotte, but I think it was better than Bianca, Oscar. So, um, yeah, great way to start the show. For sure. And the crowd was with it 100%. The Bouye spots were great. And a highlight for me as well was Bianca Belair powerbombing EO off the top rope after countering a couple of head scissors attempts by EO Sky. And then we have EO going for a finisher. And then it doesn't land because Bailey's cheating by holding the ponytail of Bianca Belair and the referee catches her immediately. And that leads to the KOD. But Another thing that I loved about the match was countering the glam slam with EO Sky rolling through with the foot stomp early on. And then she proceeds to go for another one. And Bianca Belair blocks that. Just a lot of really good counter wrestling and just leaving the fans wanting a little bit more. And this was all about Bianca Belair breaking the record, 
could an audible have been called, obviously, but that was not the night for that. This was the night to establish Bianca Belair as this champion who's been on this incredible run for the last year or so, taking on on taking on all comers and killing it. And this is also a moment for EO Sky to stand up and say, you know what? I am one of the very best in the world. I'm on SmackDown now, and here's my shot to be a standout top baby face in this women's division alongside Bianca Belair and Asuka, and you bring back Charlotte Flair. This is going to be a sick division that looked very paltry up until recently. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, let's let's get used to seeing Bianca in the main events and on top because she's – I don't see her losing that title anytime soon, man. Like, I – I just don't see any reason for it to happen. I don't see anybody who's ready to take that. Like, I know people wanted the EO Sky thing, but I just, I don't, I don't think it's not her time. It's still Bianca's time to run the women's division in WWE. And I know Rhea is, is coming and she's right there. And that's the match that you got to build to. But I just, this run that Bianca Belair is on right now, I, we're we're seeing something special, man. Like, and I, and I know the big argument that I've seen on you know with these runs is if every run is epic, then no run is epic. But I I, I don't see how you cannot say this is an epic women's epic run. Period. Not just women, it's just epic title run. I mean, she's already the longest reigning black champion of all time. That's that's history in and of itself. You know what I mean? That's she stands the test of time by herself already. So. I just think we need to appreciate this run that Bianca Belair is on because we might not see another woman have a run like this, especially another woman of color. Exactly. That part, absolutely, to break this kind of history as a black woman in WWE, to break the barriers, to really leave your mark and still make history every step of the way. That's Bianca Belair, and there is some respect due on her run as women's champion. It has been prolific. It has been Nothing but hits for the most part. And to be a part of a lot of highlights in the last year with Becky Lynch, with Theo Sky, with Bailey, despite the repetitiveness of their feud, Bianca Belair has always found a way to show up and show out. And last night was no exception against Theo Sky, who's got next in every way in that SmackDown Women's Division. As we move on to Omos versus Seth Rollins, the most random match you can possibly put together on this card. But Scott, I gotta say... Seth Rollins is a man of his word. He told Omas, I would give you the match of your life. And I think he did. Man, I, you know, I, I got some, I got some thoughts on Omas. Four and a half tiers from me for the women's match. Uh, great match there. Let me just say this about Omas. I know that dude gets a lot of flack because he, you know, he's not tossing people with Germans. He's not doing moonsaults. He's not Lance Archer off the top rope. You know, he's, he's not moving like that. But this dude has had a good match with Braun Strowman. He's had a good match with Brock Lesnar. And now, as expected, he's had a good match with Seth Rollins. But those are three very different wrestlers. Those are three different caliber wrestlers, three different style of wrestlers. And some people will tell you that Braun Strowman is not even a good wrestler. Won't be me. I'm very, I think he he fits his role perfectly. But we need to start giving Omos his, his, his props as a good big man worker. You know, just because he's not this overly flashy guy doesn't mean he's not good and doesn't do his job. He does his job. He's 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 charismatic. He gets to the crease playing with the crowd. He was doing the song, Seth Rollins song. I, I'm here to get on the Omos train. I, I, I think Omos has done a really good job, man. I he's 
He was good in the build to Brock and was a great monster for Brock to overcome. He was nice in this build. He was good in this match. A nice monster for Seth Rollins to overcome. Now he can go back on Raw, dominate for a couple weeks, and build him back up for the next babyface you need to get over for the monster. Omos is in a perfect spot, and MVP is the perfect guy to be walking beside him. I, I, I just... I know we got to talk about the match, but I wanted to make sure I give the props to Omos because what I saw from Omos, we know what we're getting from Rollins. One of the top three to five in the world. I don't think there's any question about that. But let's, let's give some love to Omos. Omos is, is coming along and is becoming a solid big man for WWE. I have to say that between WrestleMania against Brock Lesnar, a comparable wrestler and fighter, and one of the very best in Seth Rollins, back-to-back months. This is easily the best back-to-back matches Omos has ever had in his entire career. And it was not a one-person show. I will concede that Omos was there for every spot. He was present. He was solid. He did what he needed to do, and he stood out. He did a freaking, what, a backdrop on his knees, which is not easy to do. <laughs> and I was crazy. like, dude... <laughs> Okay, I will stand up. I will not give you a golf clap like I did for the Lakers. I will stand up and I will stand down and applaud that because that was crazy. And his ability to really be there in the moments to catch Seth, slam him down on the apron, and then his big, strong neck, his big, strong head does not take the curb stop. He's fighting. He's delivering choke slams to Seth Rollins for a near fall. The fans are biting on every near fall attempt. And it was a lot of high drama, even though the outcome was academic in some ways. But Omas's size and strength gave you some pause to wonder how was Seth pull this off? Well, it, it, to me, the Omos match is different because they – you believe you can believe that Omos could legit crush somebody if he re- if he really got his hands on somebody like he could do what he wanted to him. So there is a believability factor when you have a giant like that, and you know it's just it's a testament to Omos that he's put in the work. He has gotten better. You know I think people acknowledge that and they see that he wouldn't you wouldn't have him in this match if they didn't trust him and didn't think he was ready for this spot. And obviously you're putting him in there with Rollins, so you have a little bit less to worry about. But Omos still has to have his working boots on too. Um, I, I like that. I really enjoyed the finish. You know, Rollins hit that second one. You protect the monster. You protect the big man. You always remind people, hey, he's still a monster. You still have to do a lot to put him away. Love the top rope uh, curb stomp. I think that's a great finish right there for him. I don't see how anybody else outside of Seth Rollins can be your first raw champion. I mean the way they had the way they were singing this man to the ring and he just stood in the middle of the ring for five I mean that's that's your lead baby face on Monday Night Raw. That's Seth freaking Rollins for you. Top rope curb stomp for the win. Omos kicking out at one for the curb stomp times two. Like dude. Okay, big show. I'm surprised Michael Cole didn't say he kicked out with authority. That's his go-to because he really did in that moment. Seth had to hustle for that victory, and I loved it. Now, I did love the ambitiousness of dude going for a pedigree from that grounded position. Ain't no way in hell. That's why he got back body dropped with a moss on his knees. But all in all, I thought this was a really fun match. It was laid out nicely. The fans were rocking with Seth Rollins or Moss being a heel. They're serenading Seth, and he says, well, bump that. Let me boot you from behind. Let's just end this right 
now because we don't need this show to run over because y'all singing ex- excessively. But yeah, this match really over delivered. And I'm also going to give Braun Strowman his flowers. He is a big guy that can work and prove that he is worth that check. The second go around in WWE and Omos. You know what? The gear's clean. He's been looking good lately, and I would give him his due. He has improved. Back-to-back, best match ever at two PLEs. Yeah, the Wakandan armor he had on tonight was real fly. (laughs) I definitely was feeling that. (laughs) Uh, I'm glad MVP made that trip. Uh, Yeah, definitely was feeling that. Uh, I'm gonna give this one three and a quarter tiers. I, I, you know, nothing crazy, but I enjoyed this match, and I thought it was a solid. Solid outing for Omos and a good win for Rollins. All right. I would give you three tiers as well. And for our first matchup, I would go four and a quarter tiers. I really enjoy Bianca Belair and Neo Sky. Best I've seen Neo Sky on the main roster because she just absolutely tore it up last night. And the fans loved her. Hopefully that carries over stateside moving forward as well. As we move on to match number three, it is Bobby Lashley versus Bronson Reed versus Austin Theory for the United States Championship. And this match was short, sweet, action-packed, but the person, the star that stood out to me the most was one, Bronson Reed. I'm kind of mad he's not on SmackDown because I'm one him. And Bobby Lashley to continue their rivalry, but that's not going to happen with Bobby on SmackDown now. But maybe they can meet up in the tournament to crown a champion, even though we have a draft and brand extension. I'm going to let that go for right now. But to me, I thought Bronson Reed was a standout. And of course... Austin Theory, the heel, the cheat, finds a way to steal the victory from Bronson Reed when it counted most. So my thought during this match was Bobby Lashley feels like he's bigger than literally anything else in this match. Bronson Reed, Austin Theory, the U.S. title, he feels like he should be in the main event somehow like this, the main event of this should have been Bobby Lashley versus Roman Reigns or Bobby Lashley versus Cody That's what I was thinking this entire time. And I don't mean that as a knock on Austin Theory or Bronson Reed, but I I just, I felt like Lashley's above all this, man. And I, you know, I don't know. I get he's going to SmackDown, so he couldn't win. Or Theory's going to SmackDown too, so why couldn't he win? I I don't know, man. To me, this whole thing was Lashley felt bigger than everything else in this match. The match was fine, but. I just want more for Lashley, man. You've done so much. You've got you've done so much goodwill and you've protected Lashley so much. I just think this man needs to be in the main events, period. Agreed. He is above the US championship at this point. And it's very telling that Austin Theory, who is a current champion, beat John Cena in the opening match of WrestleMania last month. He's like, what, a non-factor here? He steals a win. That's about it. He's on SmackDown. That's about it. And I'm rooting for Bronson Reed because I think he's got next in the upper mid-card scene to be a future champion in WWE, vying for the U.S. title or the newly created WWE World Heavyweight Championship. Or dare I say, let's climb Mount Gunther for the IC title. This guy's got options on Monday Night Raw as well. But to me, Bobby was above this, but I thought that Bronson Reed was ready for this, even though he's on Raw now competing against some really top tier guys on there as well. Yeah, I, I think Bronson's got to be the next guy for that U.S. title. Um, I, you know, I don't, I don't think Austin Theory's not quite elevated as much as he just he needs to continue on the path. Like we've seen Austin Theory have, we talked about it off. Austin Theory is a lot like Anthony Davis. Like there'll be moments where you're like, look at this guy. He's he's got it all. He's got all the tools. And the next week you're like, 
why is he on the why is he in the main event? Why is he here? You know, he there's an inconsistency with Austin Theory where you're not getting it every week. You're not getting that main event guy every week, that main event feel every week. You're going to you might get it next week. I didn't get that tonight when he was in the ring standing across from Lashley. I've gotten it before when he's been in the ring where I feel like he can go toe to toe with him. And when they're when they're wrestling, they're that's different. But when they're just standing there, ring introductions, they're coming out. When Lashley came out and that crowd went crazy for him and he's standing there looking like a Greek god, an African god, you know, like that's just there's levels to this. And Lashley is levels above. He simply is. Roberto, I know that's your favorite name for him. That's his government name. Hey, listen. Roberto Lashley. I don't know why he didn't wear his hat to the ring today. I gotta, I gotta get that picture of him. I'm working on it, Gigi. I'm working on it. Oh gosh, yeah, he's just such a star on every level, and I cannot believe I'm about to co-sign on this, but that Anthony Davis comparison is accurate for Awesome Theory. It is the truth because we've been on this show. I have praised this guy for having great moments when he initially lost the money in the bank briefcase last fall and he went on this mean streak against Dolph Ziggler and Seth Rollins like this is the guy I've been waiting for the guy with the beard the edge the chain the aggression the upgraded wardrobe the attitude switch up this is a guy that is licensed to print money and then he slips into his old routine and he loses himself and I'm like well where is the guy I almost wanted to claim as AT alien where are you Where are you, dude? And the fact that once again, you were at WrestleMania, you beat John Cena, that is supposed to be a career achievement. And here you are basically being the third wheel in your own championship match. And that is not a good look. He's got to figure that out. And what's sad, Scott, is we've had people like Kevin Owens. Tell this guy on open mic everything that's wrong with you. You're a dime a dozen. You You come and go. I'm here. I'm unique. I'm one in a million. You are what? A dime a dozen. You come around and you kind of flip a flop. And that's how it goes for him. And Cena ripping him up on the mic in Boston last month or a month or two ago from now. It's just like, it's not helping his case because we still see those flaws when he can be so much more than what he is right now. Yeah. And, you know, I don't think anyone will question the the talent, the potential that he has. And even if he never reaches that main event status and this is what he is, that's fine. There's just so much more that he could be. And, you know, I, I, I think there's like, even in this match, there were flashes of it. Like he goes on a nice run where uh, he hits that rolling blockbuster on Bronson Reed. He gets fired up. He picks up Bronson and you can see the strength and just the, the pure talent that he has. Uh, but but then you know then he just becomes an afterthought in the match and that's to, that's on the match layout that's not necessarily on Austin Theory that's more so on the match layout and that's another thing that's not doing him any favors is some of these matches and the way they're laid out for him like I get you on him to be the pesky heel who has to sneak the victory and you want Lashley to look like he was that close to winning but why can't Lashley do that? And then Austin Theory just come in and just go crazy on everybody. Like, why can't he look dominant as well? Why can't the champion? I, that's the triple, and that's a Triple H thing. Like Triple H loves to have a pesky heel because that's how that's what he would do sometimes. Well, it depends on where you talk. Before, but you know, there was a whole reign of terror where he was just pedigreeing people and then walking around for thirty seconds. But 
he's giving us the reparations now with this long Bianca lane, right? <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll leave that alone. We'll leave that alone, though. But I, again, the booking is not doing Austin Theory any favors either. Let's not remember one of his most infamous moments is holding the golden egg, and we still don't know where who pooped that out. So. Again, there's, there's levels to this, and lastly, there's levels above Austin Theory. You've got to get there because you got it all. He does. It's weird when I say my favorite version of Austin Theory was him being a dumbass in the way. He was a great idiot. He really was. It was effortless. I don't know what it was about that character that was endearing, but for some reason he had my heart, and I kind of wanted to be dumb again, but then... Think about this or separate it. So I guess they know we can't get them back together because mm, mm, choices. But yes, Scott, reparations, long <laughs> overdue. We were old and Bianca is paying that debt as we speak. No doubt about that. Um, I, I gave this match three and a half tiers. You know, I know I went in on it a little bit, but I thought, I mean, the match was still solid. I don't think you're not going to, don't think you're going to bad match. And Bronson looked good by just, I just want more for Austin Theory, man. I just, I see so much in that guy. Me too. Bronson Reed going for a moonsault. Dude. Why did that must land? I didn't see that coming. I thought he was going for a Vader bomb or something. Dude went for a full outstretched moonsault (laughs) off the top rope. If he landed that shit, Puerto Rico would have went off. (laughs) I'm not taking that one. I'm not <laughs> I may tell him I'm gonna take it. Yeah, I'll be I'll be right there. I'm rolling out the way. I'm not taking that one. Listen, when he did that double bounce on Bobby on the arm, I'm like, sir. <laughs> Bobby's Bobby's a monster for taking that because you're right <laughs> about that. I forgot about, this dude is off the apron and jumps off the middle rope, and Lashley looks like he Lashley looked like he wanted to catch him. Yes. <laughs> Like, bro, like just, why? Yeah, why would you do that? Why, Bobby? Just insanity. Bronson Reed, that's why, to me, he was a standout besides Bobby, because this dude thinks he's a fucking cruiserweight. He's bouncing off the ropes, got hops. Crown him one day, please. Yeah, because I, listen, I, I, I love this presentation. I love the way he carries himself. He's a monster, man. They need to, t- again, why... Why is he? Why is he in this match? Is getting pinned for no reason? See, that's what I'm talking about. You know what I'm saying? Like, well, there's no reason Bronson Reed should be losing a match like this, and that's the only reason he was in the match was to take the pin when he shouldn't be losing matches. Period. That's, I. That's where you just having guys who are good signed for no reason it just doesn't make any sense. It just doesn't make any sense. So, mm. I'm taking. I'm taking. I'm taking half a tear off. I'm going to three tears. <laughs> I was wondering because he was very generous. Like you gave him, you gave him three and a half tears. Really? I thought the match was good once it got going, but then you just start thinking about like how the match is laid out and what they did. So you're right. I'm gonna take half a tear off. Three tears. See, upon further analysis and review, you did the right thing because I also give this match three tears out of five. Very good, but the finish of Bronson Reed getting pinned was a choice and not a good one. But congrats to you, Austin Theory. You could escape by as U.S. champion for another day. And I don't care about your reign. Just saying, sir. But welcome to SmackDown. Good for you, sir. Good for you. NFL Sunday Ticket is now on YouTube and YouTube TV, which means that it just got easier to be an NFL fan, even if you live far away. 
Like maybe you like the Bears, but you're hibernating in Panthers territory. But with NFL Sunday Ticket, your out-of-market team is never more than a short distance away. Specifically, the distance from you to your remote control. NFL Sunday Ticket, now on YouTube and YouTube TV. Go to youtube.com slash presale to get $50 off. Terms and embargoes apply. Offer ends 919. No refund. Subscription auto renews. What's up? It's Kaylee Cuoco. When it comes to travel, we all have a happy place. I just went to my happy place. I just went to Maui, and it was truly amazing. Priceline has always been about getting you to your happy place for a happy price with deals you really can't find anywhere else, like up to 60% off select hotels in Costa Rica or five-star hotels for two-star prices in Cabo. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. As we move on to our next match for the SmackDown Women's Championship, it is Rhea Ripley versus Zelina Vega. And this was not so much about the match, but it was all about Zelina Vega's homecoming to Puerto Rico. The flag, the gear, the reception, these fans went off for Zelina Vega. And I was watching SmackDown the night before, and she came out there and she was trying her best to not cry. But on Saturday night, last night, she let those tears flow. And I was so happy for her because I just wanted her to enjoy the moment, embrace it for what it was, and just be in it, be present, and just let those emotions run through you because that would be the most over she will ever be in her home country. Yeah, and I'm glad they let her have that moment. This is WWE's new thing whenever they go out the country. Um, they're going to let someone have this type of moment after a loss. Drew, Sheamus, Zelina, Sammy. This is this is WWE's new thing. And you know I'm here for, but eventually you got to give somebody that big hometown, home country win. Like somebody's got to get that eventually. Like if there's one thing AEW does do, and maybe a bit too much, especially with that TNT title, uh, is they, they love to give you a hometown victory and get that home crowd riled up. And I think WWE really needs to, they need to give you one because we've gotten real close on some real big moments. A lot that come up just short. And at some point you got to give me one, but special moment for Zelina. This is one of those matches where it was an, you know, it was a fine match, but the crowd elevated it and it became a really good match because of the crowd reaction and because of how invested they were. Yes. An early highlight was Zelina Vega throwing a flip flop at Rhea Ripley. The fans <laughs> popped at that. Yes. <laughs> like, yes, throw that shoe at her. And then Rhea ducked and she was trying to avoid it, but she couldn't. Highlights include Zelina taking out Rhea with the meteor off the middle rope, landing a hurricanrana as well, a DDT out of the Riptide. But eventually, Zelina went for pay dirt one too many times, got booted by Rhea Ripley, and got hit with the Riptide for the one, two, three. Very decisive victory for Rhea Ripley, but a really fun matchup. I thought it could have went a little bit longer for me, but it was all about the post match and just the overwhelming reception once again for Zelina Vega in front of her hometown crowd was absolutely amazing. That was a moment she will always treasure. She dedicated this match to her father, who unfortunately passed away in 9-11. And you can just feel all of that love from her family, the fans, and she just took it all in. And I thought that was a great WWE moment. I'm so happy for her. She got that, and she will always remember this night and how that crowd absolutely loved up on her. Yeah, I agree. A um, couple things. 
Rhea Ripley, you know, don't think nobody didn't notice you had Dom Dom on your cheeks. You know, don't, don't act like nobody didn't notice you had Dom Dom on your cheeks. I want to know how Buddy felt about that. I know he in the House of Black eating that raw meat with Alistair and Brody. I wonder what he thought about you having that. Or, you know, I'm just I'm just saying, man. I, I don't think don't, don't think nobody didn't notice that. Um, yeah, no, this, you're, you're absolutely right. And one thing I find interesting is I never in my wildest dreams seeing Zelina as this really great heel manager would be this good as a baby face. I mean, she's, she's a really, really good and fun baby face that fits really well in that group. And this crowd was just, they were, they were completely behind her. I really enjoyed the match layout of this. Rhea completely dominated the match outside of a couple spots. There were a couple hope spots. Selena got the crowd really into it, you know, and I know Michael Cole said it was a Eddie Guerrero tribute where she did the the shimmy and then the meteora. To me, that came off as a Sasha, as some Sasha Banks love. You know, that's 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 all that's Sasha right there. You know what I mean? So I don't know who it was, but that's what I that's how you know that's how it came off to me. Fine match. I give this three and a half tiers. This would have got three tiers, two and three quarters. The crowd elevates it. So three and a half tiers for me. Agreed. Solid three and a half tiers match. It was kind of the media world was a tribute to like Sasha and her husband, Malachi Black. So like a loud two fold little that. thing going True on. That. So I dug it. It was a highlight of the match and I'm just very happy for her. And as you said, like she is a great heel manager, but she is actually a very good baby face you want to root for as well. Yeah. And it's, I, I don't know. I did not see that coming, especially when you see her with Andrade and, I remember when she was, you know, screaming and, and running Angel and Garza to the ground, like, what is wrong with you? And running that group. So <laughs> it's just, it's it's cool to see, you know, and that, that's a testament to her talent um, and how, and, and just her being able to adjust. And she's still a badass. She still commands the room. She still commands the camera, but she just does it in a way where you're like, all right, let me, I'm fully behind you. And it absolutely helps that Rhea Ripley is just just monster that you can root against. I mean, Rhea Ripley is just the moment for me. She's incredible. And Dom Dom on the cheeks, girl, <laughs> listen. Um, and then you went on Twitter and then you profiled the ass and the cheeks and the Dom Dom even more. And they're posing like y'all two are egregious. And I love you. You play it up so well. And this is like a dynamic that just works perfectly for them. The social media game, what they bring together as a duo, they're great. And I would not put Dom Dom on me, but good for you, Rhea. Good for you. <laughs> Buddy is like, um, raw choices with your wardrobe, but I know you coming home with me. Uh, he's like, listen, you know, I may not be happy about another man's name on your cheeks, but at least I know that he's dropping you off to me. At least okay. I know he, he's dropping you <laughs> off here. You know what I'm saying? So it's cool. I know that he knows, hey, I know Dom's going to drop you off at the airport pick you up he is he's a great travel partner and, and you're right about the chemistry because you can tell that they they have they're like they're legitimately having fun like the four of them they 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 have fun with each other you could tell that there's a real kinship there and there's a trust there that they you know 
they can they can do certain things with each other. And not like they don't cross the line, nothing crazy, but there's just enough flirtation between Rhea and Don where you're like, wow, they they probably be really getting it in. You like storyline wise. And I think it works really well for what they're doing. Yes. We made a lot of inside jokes last year about, you know, <laughs> You know, don't even get us started about Finn Balor and his headgear. So <laughs> don't, 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 don't even get us started about it. For some reason, he done lost his headgear. So they must have found that got lost in the dungeon or something. <laughs> oh, my God. The hair gear was choices. It went to Edge for WrestleMania, actually, when you think about it. Like, Finn says, you can have it, Edge. I don't want it anymore. But the one joke that will always remain the same and consistent, Damian Priest is in the room. <laughs> that guy is always just be standing, just always around. Like he just, just in the corner. Hey guys, I'm here if you need me. <laughs> I'm here if you need me. I'm, tag, whatever, water. Not a tag. <laughs> Not a tag and water. Hey, listen, we'll, whatever goes on in that room, we don't know. We just know Damien Priest is there. Supervising. Okay, if that's what you want to call it. <laughs> I'm just saying, he's very observant. There in a time of need. Water, emotional support, <laughs> towels, you laughing, you laughing at the tag, but you talking about emotional support. <laughs> <laughs> you think the tag is crazy, but you think this man is here for emotional support. <laughs> Listen, aftercare is essential, okay? It's what very is he the, important. What, what is he, the cuddle buddy? <laughs> is he the aftertime cuddle? The post-game cuddle session? <laughs> the post-game cuddle session. Is that what he is? Like, what, what are we talking about? <laughs> well, he provides a number of amenities in that position. All right. All right. And you've named about five of them in this segment. Oh. We didn't mention NXT. We are already on After Hours. Well, listen. This is our NXT basically this week. <laughs> a far superior segment, just saying. No doubt. As we move on to actually Damian Priest versus Bad Bunny. <laughs> Segways. Segways. The segue was seamless, but let me shout out like Bad Bunny. Like, okay, sir, this entrance, the music. When I tell you, Scott, I was just vibing in my house and the whole crowd was going off like, okay, so Jericho, you have Judas and we have Bad Bunny song and I am hooked and I am into it. And I was living for the vibe last night and I was getting my life for three good minutes from the drone shot of his ring entrance. He looking swole a little bit, looking a little thick lately, looking kind of good. Then he got his is his um his cart with his trash cans and kendo sticks and trash lids. He was ready to fight with his steel chairs. Like the presentation coming out, the song, him. It was just a concert in Puerto Rico, like two weeks at the Coachella. That's how hot this was. And the crowd was absolutely insane for this pop. Bad Bunny was the biggest star of the night. Hands down, no doubt about it unquestionably the biggest star of the night. I, 
I mean, people say he's the biggest star of the world. And after listening to the crowd literally sing this man's song down to the ring, I mean, I don't know what they were singing, but let me tell you, they were singing every word to it. And and I'm with you because it was absolutely a vibe. When he came out, he looked at that crowd. I mean, they went nuts for him. They, they're chanting. They're going crazy for him. And let's give it up for Bad Bunny because he delivered. He absolutely delivered. You talk about the presentation. He took this so serious where, he, you know, he was, he, I mean, he had the card. He had the weapons. He took some hella bumps in this match. You know, we we give love to Logan Paul, and rightfully so. I ain't seen Logan Paul take some of the bumps that Bad Bunny took tonight. I mean, and we'll, we'll talk about it, but, like, that dude went off of, went through a table on the floor? What? <laughs> the biggest star in the world is doing that for professional wrestling? This was a special event, special moments, and just a special performance from that guy, and Maybe I, I might be a prisoner of the moment. That could be possible. This is one of the greatest entrances I can recall in a long time as far as the, a star, the star quality, the crowd reaction, the match feeling like a big deal. This was, this was incredible. Chills. I mean, it was, it was awesome to watch. When you knew we were in for something special when you saw that entrance. That entrance had me sold. And I go back to SmackDown the night before when he came out in that scratch WWF racer's jacket. And then he threw that jacket in the crowd. Sir. Sir. You bad I would have kept man. that jacket. You a, listen, that is a classic that you just threw out there to the people. Dude, throw that to me. I would have kept it. Bad Bunny said, "That's my that's my third one in the closet. <laughs> <laughs> that ain't even the last one. I I had to get two new ones because you ain't even see that I had a string hanging out at the bottom right corner of it. Oh so I was God. getting rid of it anyway. You know this old this old thing. This you can whole have thing. it. And then how he had it over his sh- like Bad Bunny, like this dude swag. It's hanging off his shoulders. So cool and shit. Then he takes it off and throws it in the crowd. Like this dude swag." is ridiculous and his entrance i agree with you this is one of the greatest entrances in professional wrestling history i'm going there and saying it it's a fact those fans were going off singing that man's song i'm into it i'm gonna listen to the song when the show's over i want to get in the vibe again why not and i have to say this for wwe when they first reached out to bad bunny two years ago the flack they got I did not get it because Bad Bunny, I knew his music. I know him as a guy that loved wrestling and he proved everybody wrong at WrestleMania. Like, hey, I love this. I have a grasp and respect for this business. He comes through at the Royal Rumble last year. And then this dude absolutely shows up in his home country and tears it up against Damian Priest and is over as fuck. And the LWO in 2023 is the hottest faction. Yes, I said it. They adopted several new members out of nowhere, which we'll get to momentarily. But 
my God, all of this was perfection on every level. And also give Damien Priest his flowers for holding things together and Bad Bunny for selling and bumping and doing the damn thing. All of this, this is how you do a celebrity match. And this guy, he is legit the biggest musical star on the planet. He co-headlined Coachella and he's here at Backlash two weeks later, tearing it up in a wrestling ring. Ridiculous. I mean, there's not much more you can add to that. I, I Listen, when the very first move of the match was essentially Bad Bunny hitting uh, Damian Priest with a Michinoku driver, I was like, all right, all bets are off. <laughs> I have no idea what the hell they're about to do Okay, when you start the match off like that. Um, a, a thoroughly enjoyable match, man. I Damian Priest was in control of the match. He was the dominant figure, except when, you know, Bad Bunny got hope spots, and when he got him, he took advantage, and he was using weapons. He was smashing that guy. They made Bad Bunny feel like not only a competent wrestler, but somebody who can hang with anybody, and that's a testament to Damian Priest, man. I'm, I'm glad you mentioned him. He deserves all his flowers. He was in Bad Bunny's first match in the tag match with Miz and Morrison, who The Miz is also arguably the greatest celebrity wrestler uh, of all time. <laughs> Shout out to Logan Paul, Mr. Four Star. Um, but <laughs> listen, I mean, there's, there's something there as far as Bad Bunny because you bring it up. He, he trusts Damian Priest. There was a reason they went to the singles match. I, you know, we all were assuming we were going to get the tag, Dominic and Damian versus Ray and, and Bad Bunny. But this match exceeded all expectations for me. We got cameos. This. This felt like a great movie. We got cameos. We got callbacks. We got a, a, a great climax. This was everything you could ask for, man. I, I'll i even go as far as say this probably should have closed the show. I do agree. This could have been the show closer right then and there. I loved how Bad Bunny went after the knee of Damian Priest midway through this match and locked in a figure four when all of the shenanigans Man, was locked over. in a figure four. <laughs> yes, perfectly. Not sloppy whatsoever, a perfectly executed figure four. But let's talk about the cameos, shall we, Scott? So we hear a familiar sound, Carlito's theme music. And Carlito has reverse age. He comes out there. This pop this man receives is absolutely insane. He comes out with Rey Mysterio, the whooping ass, and then Dominic gets... <laughs> he gets a... Apple shot to the face, spit in the face by Carlito. The fans pop for that. And then as Judgment Day's in retreat, Savio Vega comes out to this amazing reception. The LW comes out to a bigger reception. And then Savio Vega is whooping Finn Balor's ass in the year 2023, Scott. 2023, Savio Vega still laying people out and getting pops. Throwing kicks, throwing chops, getting people in the neck. I mean, and it was I, I enjoyed Finn Balor laughing at him at first. Like, what you gonna, what are you gonna do? Then here comes LWO and the mood changes. Um, like I said, man, the can't this match elevated and built and built and built. And yes, Bad Bunny had all the bells and whistles, but each cameo meant something. It added something to it. And you want to talk about somebody getting thick. God dang, Carlito, you ain't been hitting the gym for real. I mean, good Lord. <laughs> that guy. 
I mean, what, is he trying to catch Brian Cage? What are you doing? <laughs> Who are you trying to be, dude? Like, but I thought he looked great. I, you know, that's an older veteran that I wouldn't mind coming back for a little bit. I wouldn't mind him having a little a short stint. He could have a nice little run. Um, but yeah, he looked good. LWL, you knew they were coming out. It was only a matter of time. Rey Mysterio came out. I'm curious as to why Rey Mysterio didn't get his music. He was the only one that didn't get his music played. LWO got it. Savio got it. Carlito got it. Ray just ran out. And normally I'd be for it, but why wouldn't you want that nice pop with the crowd? I know. We got that nice drone shot following Ray, though. That was tight. I appreciated that. That was nice. And then we have Bad Bunny as we resume our regularly scheduled match as all of this is going on during intermission. So Bad Bunny is still fighting Damian Priest's back and forth roll-up attempts by both guys. Damian Priest lulls Bad Bunny and falls security. Oh, my knee. I feel bad about what I've done. Can you forgive me? And Bad Bunny falls forward and gets his ass beat a little while longer. And then Bad Bunny comes through in the clutch as Priest goes face first into the steel chair that's wedged between the turnbuckles. And then Bad Bunny lands the Bunny Destroyer perfectly in the year 2023 of our Lord, Scott. A Canadian destroyer, a.k.a. a bunny destroyer, is not just a spot in a match. It ends the match. It is the man's finisher. He hits it perfectly. One, two, three. Uno, dos, tres. We have the LWO, newly crowned members, Carlito and Savio Vega. We got the whole crew out there celebrating. We got the Puerto Rican flag on point. And we got the music popping once again. Like, all of this was a vibe and i wanted the celebration to go on longer but my god like this is how you do fan service in every way and these fans got fed beautifully via this match the pre-match the post-match the match itself everything was amazing and bad bunny to me is the best right right beside logan paul as the best celebrity wrestlers you can possibly find that would give you everything you need and so much more yeah pd williams would be proud uh canadians destroyer finally won a match again you know what a novel concept <laughs> uh you know can't tell you the last time that's won a match but yeah that you know this is uh and also i want to also mention the michael cole Corey Gray tried to press Michael Cole about a Bad Bunny song. And Michael Cole's like, yeah, I know a Bad Bunny song, which ended up translating to I twerk by myself in the dark or something like that. So I, I you know, whatever Michael Cole's on, there's <laughs> that. But yeah, this, that's what I said. This, I, I just felt like this, this felt like a main event. This felt like the show closing, the way they had the crowd, all those, all those, le- you know, the legends, LWO, Ray and Savia coming out, Carlito. Those are all Puerto Rican legends right there. And to have them all coming out like that, I just felt like that, that was, and that would have been a nice way to cap off the night, um, especially with Dominic getting beat up. Who doesn't love to see that? So, but uh, this, this match is going to get, um, I'm going to give it four and, four and a half tiers for me. I will also go four and a half tiers. A great spectacle street fight. Bad Bunny's that guy. Damian Priest, that dude. Love this match. The LWO, like WWE, listen to us, please. Push this faction on SmackDown. They are legit merchandise sellers. They're over. We are redoing a gimmick from WCW, and you can't fuck it up. I hope not. Please. They should be 
the number one baby faces, the number one baby face group on SmackDown. One hundred percent. I mean, one hundred percent. That should be a layup. You know, they they should be they should be feuding with the Bloodline. Like eventually, the Bloodline have to leave Sammy and K. They have to go their separate ways, and that that should be a natural story to go to. It would have been nice for Imperium. I think that would have been a nice natural story to go to. Santos can start getting some love. He needs to stop taking every single L. But yes. That's another big part of it when you have a guy that talented taking your L's and you got a tag team who could be taking them, but that's a whole other subject. Things I got to work on. Now that they're away from Judgment Day, hopefully the booking is a bit better for them because this is a faction that, as you said, can be your number one faction, babyface-wise, on SmackDown moving forward. And the fact this crew's been, to- been together for about a month and they're your top merchandise seller in WWE, you have got to push them and give them some W's and get Santos involved in a main storyline because he is money. Push him as such. Raise a legend, obviously. But come on. It's time to push Santos Escobar. I am tired of the losses. I understand it because he's trying to push Judgment Day for the last month or so. But now they're on Monday Night Raw and we got the LWO and SmackDown. Let's get this faction over properly on Friday nights. As we move on to our semi-main event, which is the Bloodline, the Usos, and Solo Sokoa versus the undisputed WWE Tag Team Champions, Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, and Matt Riddle. And this match, you know, I thought it would lack heat. This crowd says, excuse us, we are going to be hot all night long. Now, they did chant for We Want Roman at one point, and I will say this. Roman Reigns, this crowd last night, you should have been here for it. If there was ever a crowd that wanted to acknowledge you, Roman, that was the crowd. Because, boy, oh, can you imagine the reaction when you hear that? And he starts coming out and everybody, because you saw when the Usos came out, they all threw up the ones. Imagine what would happen if, it came, if the tribal chief came out. Oh, just... Even just to have, just have that man come out. He don't have to wrestle. He could have just sat down and watched the match. Like, especially the way the match played out and the story that was told. I get you want to give him some time off, but if he was sitting there ringside watching all that unfold, man, how much more would that have added to the match, to the story that they told of the dissension between the brothers, of Solo almost taking out his brother. That would have added a nice touch, and you would have got an incredible crowd reaction. And Roman didn't, would never have to get physical. It would make complete sense for Roman to just sit there and watch them lose because he'd just be so agitated at them getting at each other. He just would have added another element to the story. The crowd would have got what they wanted, and you would have had another massive reaction. That reaction would have blown the roof off the place outside of Bad Bunny. I truly believe that. And I think that Roman probably regrets like, damn, I wished I was there last night because those fans, despite his heel status, would have loved him. They would have they would have acknowledged him, as you said. He would have sat there and he would have been the centerpiece of that match observing the Usos and Solo to see what they would do in this tag team match, which was very good. It was basically Solo and Jay beefing towards the end of this match. It was very good. Very by the numbers, 
Riddle had a great comeback, laying out both Usos, knee strikes, suplexes, brotons, flip dives on the outside. He was handling business, got dropped with a double super kick by the Usos. And from there, it was Sammy and KO playing cleanup, and they were landing stunners. And Sammy laid a haluva kick out on Solo Sokoa, had Jay down after the win, but Solo breaks up the cover. But then it's high drama between the two, because when it came down to Jay and Sammy, Jay wanted to be the one to take out his former bestie. He wanted to be the one to end Sammy. Solo wanted to do the honors and he made the hot tag. And then Jay made the hot tag. And then at one point they're in the ring together and they're arguing and they're beefing. And Solo has his thumb wind up for the Samoan spike. And Jay's ready for it. Like, do what you got to do. Are you really going to do it? You're going to take out your blood. Great tension from there. It was teased tension. But it did not go down as Riddle regains control of this match. He hits the bro Derek on Jay, but it's Solo who gets that tag once again. And he is the one that lands a Samoan spike on Matt Riddle to get the victory. One, two, three. And the storyline now goes away as Sammy and KO on Monday Night Raw. Exclusively, they do flow because they're the champions. But the story of this match ultimately was Solo almost taking out his brother with a Samoan spike. I just, you know, you laid it out perfect as far as the story, what happened. And I just think it would have added a lot to have Roman there. Um, I, I like my, I love when Matt Riddle has come back. He had nice fire to me. This just felt like a house show match. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that, especially with this crowd after the bad bunny match, getting ready for the Cody Brock match, kind of that buffer spot. Um, if this was one of our throwback shows, this would be a two-minute Divas match. So at least we're thankful for that. How times have changed. Um, you know, th- this was fine. I, I wasn't blown away. It wasn't bad. The story was fine. This this could have been a Raw or SmackDown main event on any week. So um, you laid it out perfectly. This gets three and a half tier, three and a quarter tiers for me. Yes, and Roman returns to SmackDown and I believe Knoxville, Tennessee on Friday. So I'm sure he has thoughts on everything that went down at Backlash. Solo got the win for the family. It was not the Usos. We'll see how that tension plays out on TV. But I think he missed an opportunity by not being here in Puerto Rico for that crowd last night that would have absolutely acknowledged him, loved him, sang to him, cheered for him. That would have been a moment. But hey. Let's try again next year, shall we? As we now focus on our main event of Backlash. It was Cody Rhodes, the American Nightmare versus Brock Lesnar. And this San Juan crowd one more time came through as they now know the lyrics, the whole lyrics to Kingdom by Cody. Sings the song, hits the role perfectly. Cody gets a great reception as always. And Brock Lesnar comes out to a great ovation as well. But Scott, here's the thing. Now, we remember what happened the night after WrestleMania, night two, the Raw after WrestleMania, and the night that Brock Lesnar flipped on Cody Rhodes. It has been a month. We don't know why Brock did what he did. And for me, that has been a major flaw in this story. Of course, we understand why Cody's mad, but he doesn't know why Brock's mad with him. And when you don't have that part of the story being told, it leaves this match a little bit lacking in terms of of a storyline hook from Brock's side of things to make us care about this match even more because Cody can do only do so much in the microphone. We needed both sides of the story. And for this last month or so, 
We only got one. And to me, that's not enough. You know, the only mysteries bigger than why Brock did that are who pooped out the golden egg, which we touched on earlier. And <laughs> why all of a sudden Liv Morgan likes pain, right? I mean, you're still waiting on an answer for that one too, aren't you? Listen, I waited two <laughs> weeks for eight months and I'm still confused. And I love Liv Morgan, but I waited for two weeks for eight months and I still don't know why she loves pain. So there's that. Um, you know, I don't. I guess I guess Cowboy Brock ran out of moonshine. That's what I'm gonna go with. He, he ran out of moonshine and he's pissed off about it. His supplier can't get any. He's just pissed off about it. That that that's what I'm going with because I can't think of anything else. Um, this was fine. This is a fine Brock match. Um, I, this definitely wasn't as good as Cody Roman. I don't think this was as good as Brock Roman. But it was fine. The crowd was hot for it. I feel like they elevated this. Uh, Cody went to Suplex City. I liked the way he started the match. Started it off real hot. Crowd was hot for him, for Cody. Cody, you know, felt like maybe second, third biggest star on the show. Probably, probably third because uh, after Bad Bunny, it was definitely Savio. So probably he probably got third. Maybe and you know what, Zelina Vega's got a shot at that third too. So Cody definitely was not the number one. Uh, baby face there tonight and you know it's not anything against Cody it's just this was a special moment and I feel like the Bad Bunny thing would have been a better way to close the show but this was a fine way to close it Cody gets a nice win I've seen some people upset about the finish uh, I like I like the finish I don't like how we got to the finish I would have liked to have seen you know, Brock really go after that arm a little bit more throughout the match you know I know he was suplexing him all over the place on that arm but I, I would have rather him go after it early, maybe lock in the Kimura earlier in the match. And it was interesting that, and I, I don't know if this was planned, but Brock is the one who got busted open and not Cody. Cody's the one who really went at Brock early and hit him with the steps. And Brock never really got that, you know, that monster beatdown. He went to suplex. He took him to suplex city, but Cody was much more the aggressor and everything about this was about Cody instead of Cody fighting from underneath. So I thought that was an interesting choice, especially to have Cody sneak out the win, which is fine, but you had him dominate, you know, portions of this match instead of him fighting from underneath. So to me, the story felt a little convulsed as well. Yeah, that was a weak part. That was a weak part for me as well. The story was lacking and it was a good match. And Brock Lesnar, was bleeding buckets. Mm -hmm. He hit that turnbuckle and that guy was a crimson mask and it was not Cody Rhodes. And I'm sure it was like, damn, Brock <laughs> gets to bleed and I don't. What in the Americas is going on here? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why you, you saw that man rub him. That's why he rubbed Brock's face. He wasn't trying to smear it in Brock's face. He was trying to smear it on himself. And then he rubbed yes. in it, rubbed in his hair, the nerve of this man to make it seem like he went through war. You ain't go through war. You put Brock through that and you want to rub it on yourself. You ought to be ashamed of yourself. Let Cody have a non-bloody husband for one night. I mean, Brandy. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> but Cody, he's a mess because he says, oh, there's blood. Let me rub it on myself. Let me feel as one with blood as I can, even though I cannot bleed on this here show. He was all up in it. And then he goes for the cutty cut. He goes for the Cody cutters back to back on Brock Lesnar hits two crossroads and Brock kicks out. 
And then he lands the F5 on Cody and Cody kicks out. And the fans are really popping for this match at this point. So Cody is unfortunately going to be in a very tough spot. He gets locked in the Kimura and he's on the brink of tapping, but he didn't flip some momentum. And he's able to pen Brock quickly. Uno, dos, tres for the one, two, three. Scurries away quickly. And Brock is in the ring, bleeding and bleeding and bleeding. He does get a towel to kind of wipe his face. And you can see the cut right above his forehead. But Lord have mercy, he went through it in this match. He was a soldier. He did what he needed to do. But the sore spot for me is the lack of a story. The why. The why did you go after Cody Rhodes? We never got our answer. All you did was wear a trench coat for reasons that we don't understand. I think he's a real Walker, Texas HBK, you know. But still, that's not good enough. Tell me why you don't like Cody. Why did you attack him? We still don't have our answer a month later. And, you know, for this day today and where he was, this was not Cody Luther King. This was Cody Roberto Clemente King uh, (laughs) Rhodes. So um, (laughs) just saying he was embracing it. You saw you saw the outfit. He was absolutely embracing it. Turn off your mic, Scott. (laughs) Cut off your mic. Go to bed. Immediately. (laughs) You are foul for that. Cody Roberto Clemente Rhodes. Mm-hmm. Well, folks, I can't top any of that. <clears throat> what can I possibly do to counter that? So st- your tears. <laughs> I- I'm broken. <laughs> I'm broken. <laughs> what, what, what are your tears after that? Three and a half. Three and a half tears. <laughs> <laughs> Three and a half um, tears for Roberto. Um, and no, not Lashley. Um, <laughs> yeah, three and a half for Cody and Brock. Uh, so a fine fit, a fine match, fine match. Not great, but fine. I would give this match three and a half tears as well, despite Brock Lesnar not giving me a reason and Scott doing the absolute most <laughs> with the latest Cody Rose nickname on this year day of our Lord and Savior. The levels of trying it he did on this show. It's only good for today. It expires at midnight tonight. <laughs> expires right after the show ends. <laughs> when you press stop, that is when this is over. If I'm you pause still... the show, it's done. It's still done. It's, that's it. So no, you get one no, shot. No, we have to pay our bills. <laughs> the ads must play. And then when the show's over officially... We will bury this nickname for the next year. Until they come back. Until they come back. (sighs) Heavy spiritual sigh. So, I I cannot forgive you for this. Of all the things to say. My God. (laughs) I'm rescinding my invitation for you to be on my show now. This has gone too far. Listen, we got beef, so that's fine. No, I can't because it's punishment. <laughs> it needs to happen for punishment purposes. Uh, I need that. But as I try to recover from my co-captain during the absolute most in this show. All right. So we've wrapped through the entire PLE for Backlash. We've gone through all seven matches. So, Scott, my co-captain, 
as egregious as you are, <laughs> your final score on your salty tear scale? I'm going to give it seven and a half tears. Um, you know, there was a couple really good matches. And uh, I thought the Bad Bunny one and the entrance, I think that's going to be one we talk about, like we talk about the Logan Paul matches. So seven and a half tears. Very fair score. Very fair score. I am going to go eight tears out of 10. I really enjoyed this show. This crowd, bottle it up and put it on the road. That's all I got to say. Like this crowd was sensational on Friday. They were great last night. They were into damn near everything on this show and i think that they have earned the right to host an annual ple for wwe moving forward this was a special crowd one of the best crowds you were ever here at any show Seventeen thousand strong my god they were loud and they were engaged and they loved everything on this show for the most part the action varied from very good to great to so-so but all in all a really fun night of professional wrestling was a show that kind of flew under the radar until it kicked off really on smackdown the night before and that crowd the drone shots the production it was different it felt like a different wwe show even from wrestlemania last month that's how they should treat their ple's make it stand out from your tv shows and outside of wrestlemania make it feel like a special event that feels different from raw and smackdown upgrade your presentation give me some more drone shots and we're good to go why not yeah i i 100 agree everything about this felt special felt different um i know they can't do it but i would love for them to go overseas for every ple obviously you can't but you know that'd be great because this cra- the crowds they get man they they are rowdy and raucous and ready to go and uh, they appre- there's an appreciation that you can tell that they have that I feel like some crowds in the U.S. just kind of take for granted. They definitely do sometimes. And I just hope this is a lesson, like appreciate the crowds. But I think most importantly for the people that travel to the shows in the U.S., appreciate the talent, show love, because, you know, you only get to see this this crew twice a year in some cases. It's not a ballet. It's not the opera. Get up, be excited, care. Of course, WWE has to give you a reason to care, a reason to care, and they've done that over the last eight or so months. Even though Vince is still peeking his head around, but you know, you pay your ticket, be a bit more engaged, care a little bit more, get on, get on your feet, cheer, care, have fun. Puerto Rico set the standard last, and I haven't had a show in eighteen years, and they went off for everything. So WWE comes to your city, show love as well, have fun, but of course. It's a two-way street. WWE's got to deliver as well. And if they do so, that will lead to a perfect atmosphere at the end of the day. That's that's it, you know. And uh, money in the bank, O2, you got your work cut out. Definitely. It is going to be something. They got to pull it off somehow, some way. I think they will. We'll look forward to it in July. Hot PLE coming our way in a couple of months' time. And with that, that is a wrap. For Backlash 2023, going down live in San Juan, Puerto Rico. I hope you guys enjoyed our recap. It was a lot of fun going down this card, going down from San Juan, Puerto Rico, a hot show. Crowd was everything elevated this card all the way through. I want to thank my co-captain, my ride or die, Perky Sky Young, Lakers win notwithstanding for being here today to recap the highs and lows of Backlash. Thank you, Keela. Uh, after the series ends, it will 
be a pleasure to chop it up and talk all things WWE. We are about to be back on beef. The professionalism is about to end here in a little bit. But uh, this was this was fun. The, the crowd was great. Hopefully, the next time we talk, the Lakers will be getting ready for the Denver Nuggets. But we'll see what happens. Uh, we have Mr. Inconsistency Anthony Davis on our team, so probably not. But I uh, look forward to talking to you next week and seeing who we have going for that world championship on Raw. And speaking of that, before Ugh. we go off the air, <laughs> see, Scott did it. He's trying to finesse it, trying to sound all excited, trying to make it sound Raw exclusive. Let's get into this bullshit before we go, okay? So we have done a draft, correct? Yes. Right? Yes. Okay. So effective Monday, the rosters are set. So in WWE's Infinite Wisdom, let's do a tournament. Not only for Raw, who doesn't have a champion, but let's also do a tournament for SmackDown, who has a champion. So let's do two tournaments on two shows, and the winner from Raw and the winner from SmackDown will meet at Clash of Champions in Saudi Arabia to crown a new champion for Monday Night Raw, but the person from SmackDown could win and move to Raw? What the hell? Listen, you're you're asking the same company that is not going to give you your Liv Morgan explanation that you're working on <laughs> nine months for, and you're surprised that they're going to have a SmackDown competitor guaranteed to be in the finals of a Raw championship? And SmackDown has the championships. <laughs> they already got two belts. Two. <laughs> two. Oh, Gunther's like, listen, y'all can do whatever y'all want. I'm keeping mine. <laughs> you know, I'm here. I'm here. I'm I'm the real champion. Yeah, I'm the sports. real deal anyway. I got my belt. Y'all can do whatever y'all okay. want. And I got my wife. How about it? Okay. Yeah. Boy be dancing. Listen, Gunther is a low-key undercover brother. The man's got rhythm. <laughs> yeah, Gunther, Gunther get an invite to the cookout. Yes. Paper plates, ribs, cornbread, collard greens on lock. And Gunther Congrats. the first one ready to fight too if some if if uh, barbecue Becky come by. <laughs> Gunther gonna be the first one to chop her. Oh my god. Let, you ain't lying, though. Listen, let Barbecue Becky show up and be on the phone looking at everybody with her sunglasses on. Gunther going to chop the hell out of her. And the phone. <laughs> and her glasses. Come on. Come on. And he's going to say, call the cops on me. <laughs> I did it. I did that. <laughs> okay. That was so Game of Thrones. Let him know. I did it. It was me. It was me. I'll be right here. Okay, and you gonna with have, my plate. You're going to have Ludwig over there doing his little symphony thing as, you know, <laughs> humming or something. It's my attention, lady. You know. What in the hell was that? <laughs> that's, that's what he does when he's like, ladies and gentlemen. You know, whatever he's got. When he does his little introduction. Leave be, my man alone. Leave him alone. I know that's your guy, but like. That's what he sounds like. He does. He sounds so <laughs> extra. That's what he sounds. He's no Samantha Irving. No. 
Not at all. Welcome to Monday Night Raw, Samantha, officially. She did get drafted alongside Ricochet. So Hold on, wait her. a minute. Wait a minute. Hold on, wait a minute. <laughs> Hold on, wait a minute. I must have missed that. She got drafted? Yes, it happened online. Her and Mike Rome switched shows. She is now on Monday Night Raw. So let me under, let me let me just make sure I understand this right. So Samantha Irving and Mike Rome got drafted, but Omos and Brock Lesnar are free agents. Yes, got it, got it, got it. And we have SmackDown competitors going after a Raw title. This this is trips. Don't take any more advice from Walker. Please don't. Or from your father-in-law at this point. But you might not have a choice in that. But yeah. Like I said last week on The Wrap, throw the whole draft away. I still stand by that. Throw the whole damn thing away. Nobody hard to swap shows. Only the champions moved with very few exceptions. The factions didn't break up. Throw the whole draft away after these revelations this week but we'll see how it goes we'll see who the new champ will be in about a month's time in saudi arabia we'll cover it right here on the fighting media network but until then we'll be back next week recapping the highs and lows from the week that was in wwe until then for myself and for perky scott young that's a wrap on wwe backlash 2023 take care uh, bye bye Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.